Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. And on this week's podcast, I am joined by Ibi Trafter to talk about his inspiring story, hanging out and designing logos for celebrities. But before we get into that, I want to mention an incredible training course I'm currently working through myself that I can highly recommend to you. It's a new course by Michael Janda, um, who's been a guest on the podcast in the past. And he's created this to help graphic designers go freelance and build their own design business. Now, he's broken this down into six parts that include selling creative services, proposals and contracts, including downloadable templates, pricing your services, uh, project management, and managing a creative business. So pretty much everything that you should ever need to know uh, if you do plan to go freelance as a graphic designer. Uh, Of all the training courses and resources that I have come across on this particular topic, it's by far the best that I've seen. I'm a really big fan of Michael Janda. All of his free content is superb. So do go on Instagram, YouTube, and so on. Everything he's doing is superb. His books are amazing too. And and personally, I feel he's the very best design educator out there at the moment. Uh, His story and advice is very genuine, very relatable, very actionable. And I I just feel he's a very genuine, uh, lovely guy that has true intentions to really help people out. Uh, So if you do want to go and check out his training course, head to logogeek.uk forward slash freelance. That is an affiliate link. So if you do purchase through that link, you'll be helping to support the Logo Geek podcast at no extra cost to you. It's around $500 for the entire series of courses or uh, you can look at part one, which is actually totally free, or the rest of the individual modules are around $200 each if you just wanted to look at one uh, part of that. But I, I feel it's incredible value considering that it does include downloadable documents such as proposals, contracts, and there's even one in there specifically for Uh, logo design. So it's worth it just for that particular part of it. So if you want to go and check out Michael Jander's superb freelance training course, head to logogeek.uk forward slash freelance. Like I said, I'm working through this myself at the moment. I think it's absolutely fantastic. The best thing out there for anyone that is working as a freelancer at the moment or wants to go freelance just get it. You won't regret it. It's absolutely fantastic. So anyway, a a few months back in the Logo Geek community, someone shared a clip from a BBC series called Young, Welsh and Pretty Minted. And in this particular episode, they were featuring a young designer called Ibi Tarafta. I'll link to that in the show notes so that you can go and check that out because it is a really great episode. So if you want to find that, go to logogeek.com uk forward slash 87 definitely watch it because it's brilliant um ibi actually works two days a week at starbucks as a barista but the rest of the week he's traveling the world designing logos for celebrities like jay-z and well-known names in boxing such as floyd merriweather 
and Javonta Tank Davis and other people in sport as well. Um, he's doing a lot of stuff. Uh, this is a young guy, and surprisingly, despite living the dream life, uh, his story is very real and very relatable. I find it super inspiring, so I'm I'm excited to share his story with you. In this interview, we learn how he got the opportunity to design logos for celebrities. Uh, we dive into his design process, and we also discuss racism and the lack of people of color in the design industry. It's an absolutely fantastic discussion. Uh, he's got a super inspiring story. So enough talking about this. Here is the interview with Ibi Tarafta. I found out about you through the uh, BBC series, uh, like I mentioned. And what I love about your story and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have this kind of domino effect. And and based on that video, I think the one thing that really made a big difference for you was the logo that you did for the boxer, uh, Javonta Tank Davis. I'm mm-hmm. hopefully I said that name correctly. Yeah, you said it right. But you did that logo and that seems to have been your big break. And then there's a whole domino effect from there. So how did you go about getting that opportunity at the beginning? So this opportunity come up in, it was in 2017. So that's when I'd done the design. But before that, this boxer, Javonta Tank Davis, he was signed, he signed to Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather is like, you know, you know, Floyd Mayweather, right? He's like highest paid athlete. He's like, he is like the pinnacle of boxing. And um, he's he's retired now, but at that time, um, Floyd was Floyd just started Mayweather promotions, and Javonta Tank Davis was like his prize fighter. And before any of this situation happened with Tank, I was a big fan of Floyd Mayweather, and I really wanted to to meet him in person. But all of his fights were in America, and then in two thousand and fifteen, they announced that they were going to be doing a UK tour. And one of the dates on the tour was was Cardiff, my city. So I was like, oh, Floyd's coming to Cardiff. I'll be <laughs> able to meet him. This is this is amazing, you know. And I was really disappointed in the promotion of the event because I asked a lot of my friends. I was like, Floyd's coming to Cardiff and not, nobody knew. And I was like, yo, hold on. Oh, yeah, wow. This is like uh, <laughs> this is like one of the you know, this is that one of the biggest sportsmen. And he's coming to a small city and nobody knows what, what's going on here. So I expressed my feelings to my friend and he said to me, oh, why don't you get in touch with the promoter and tell him that he's doing a bad job and is embarrassing. So I was like, you know, are you, are you sure? Like, just ring the promoter and say that, you know, the little number where you dial for the tickets. So yeah. imagine <laughs> I got the poster. I dialed this guy in Cardiff <laughs> who's, who's like promoting the event. And I just said to him, what's going on here? Nobody knows. And then he told me he's having a little bit of trouble with um, the communication with Mayweather's team. And that was affecting the, the promotion of the event. Wow. And okay. he said to me, it, he was like, if you help me promote the event, like put up a few posters, it was literally only a week till the event. He was like, you could meet Floyd. 
and um, I was like, okay, cool, let's do that. Yeah, I, I mean, for you, <laughs> know that you're a big fan. That's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely gonna do it. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. So I was going around my city, letting people know that Floyd's coming to Cardiff. You should come see it. Um, and then literally, like, uh, the promoter said to me, in exchange, you can meet Floyd when he's in Cardiff. So I was like, that's a pretty, pretty good little, <laughs> little trade off, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few days before the event, it got cancelled, and I was like, obviously, I was really high, and I was really low. I'm like, what the hell? It got cancelled. So we found out like the Cardiff City Can- Council cancelled the event. So what I had done is I had got in contact with um, one of Floyd's business partners, and I just sent him a message on Instagram before Instagram was the Instagram that it is today. On, so, so how how did you find out about that guy? Was it just like searching on on the internet and finding him through Instagram? Yeah, like I knew I knew Floyd's entourage, like who his right hand man is, who is t- like his whole team. Like I was a big fan, you know, so I knew everybody. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The background. And um, so I hit up his business partner and I just expressed what happened. And the next tour date was in London. So I asked if I just literally just said, if I come to London, can I meet you guys? And he responded to me and he was like, come to London, but no promises. Um, I rang my girlfriend. I was like, we're going to London tomorrow. We jumped on, <laughs> we jumped on a mega bus. We went to London and, um, that's the first time I met Floyd's team. So his business partner seen me, he pulled me in. He was like, listen, we're going to the club after this, come with us. And this is all new to me. You know, this whole American lifestyle of going out and everything's like paid for you. And that sort of lifestyle was, I don't even go out. So I was new to all of this. So that was my first like introduction to Floyd and his team. And that was in 2016. And then in 2017, they announced the tour, the UK tour again. But this time, Floyd brought his prize fighter with him, Javonta Tank Davis. Mm. <laughs> and I was at the event, like a media event in London. It was nice, man. I was invited to all these crazy events that are like media <laughs> and press only. And I'm just this guy from Cardiff who just happened to get in like it's crazy um so i proposed this idea to floyd's business partner i was like listen tank hasn't got a logo i've been following tank for a few years so i noticed that a lot of a lot of boxes like branding in sports was personal branding in sports was just not even existent like only the top tier athletes had like a personal brand versus now every athlete has got like a logo now um so I said to Floyd's business partner, I want to do a logo for, for Tank. And he responded to me with, where we're from, we don't talk. We just do the work. That's what he said mm-hmm. to me. And again, this is all like different lifestyles, you know, like the Americans, the way they do things is very, very straight and direct. You know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying to get stuff in America. So you have to prove your worth by doing the work. So I went home like that that week and I was like on hustle mode, you know, like I was like, this could be, this could be big, you know? So I come up with this idea for Tank. I contacted Floyd's business partner. I was like, listen, I've got this idea. I want to show it to Tank. So he put me in contact with Tank. Um, I showed him the designs and it's funny because 
originally tank said to me can you make more designs oh really yeah so imagine i come up i spent like a whole week just really focusing and um looking at this project as like it's going to be big i visualized it like it was going to be a big thing for me and he responded with make a few more designs and at that point i had to kind of think to myself what's the best way to respond to this because i believed in the yeah. design so much can, can i just so, interrupt was was that was was that work that you did then kind of just off your own back and and for free or was there any um, that was off my own uh, back money exchange that was yeah, off sure. my own back like i was just like you know what i i don't really think about money at that time as well money was not really it wasn't even in my mind you know i just thought about doing some work I, I can imagine the 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 opportunity you saw the opportunity is big enough to make it worth your time especially if you're a massive fan <laughs> yeah I just looked at it it's like I didn't know what it was gonna become you know like I just thought it's a it's a you know I'm designing something for someone that I look up to and like do you know what I mean it's like I didn't really yeah. anticipate it to be what it become <laughs> so, uh, yeah it's, it's crazy man it's, it's beautiful as well because of the way everything come along so he said to me can you make a few more designs and I literally just sent a voice note just saying why this design works and why it's a good piece of design and um, I tried to try to give him a vision like if you wear it on your shorts if you wear it on your hats like it works in big it works in small try to just communicate that vision and his response was, okay, I love it. Um, get, um, here's my manager's details. And then that's it. He put me in touch with his manager and we went through all the, the paperwork and that then. And that was in 2017. And it was amazing because Tank's first, um, first fight with the logo was in London. So that was like his UK debut. And he wore like under, he was signed to Under Armour at the time. And Under Armour got all of the merchandise like officially manufactured. And it was so cool because my design was used alongside Under Armour and it was all That's official. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. And then obviously like the whole team wore that design at the press conference and it really had like so much impact. It was so visible when you, when you see it. And I had like a vision, I had like a perfect vision in my mind. I was like, okay, Tank's going to wear this logo, but how can I, how can I leverage this? So I had this idea of if I go to the press conference, I need to, I need to take them something. I can't go empty handed. So that's when the, as you've seen in the BBC show, I, I come up with the hat. So I got this custom hat made for him and I took it to, to London and I remember like I gave it to his manager the night before the press conference and his manager was like, he just wears what he wants. And so imagine these, these boxes, they're all about how they look, you know, their identity. Mm. So the next day tank wore the hat and he wore the, he wore the, the kit. And I was just like, Whoa, this looks so <laughs> sick, man. Like, and the media all picked it up. There was a lot of a lot of media press like Sky Sports, BBC Sports, like HBO, like all these big guys were there because it was a big thing, you know, because Floyd Mayweather's protege is fighting in London. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, you you pretty much got your work globally, which is which is 
uh awesome i i mean with with a logo i mean because that logo is for him um you know people don't automatically think of the person that worked on it but for for you that must have just felt so good seeing your work uh seen in so many places like that yeah and and numbers you know when you see people wearing your design in numbers like a group like they're an army or something and they really represent <laughs> that it has a different effect man like versus one person wearing it and and then when you go to his fights and all the fans are wearing it i'm just like what what yo i'm just walking through everything <laughs> like looking at people wearing it and you can just easily say to everyone yo you know that i made it <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's an amazing feeling man and that whole tank thing as well like tank at that time he was still on the come up you didn't know how big he was going to become and then he become like two time world champion youngest world champion and he become like a, a figure like a lifestyle figure in boxing and yeah it's like the logo was just getting getting bigger basically mm-hmm. i think with this type of thing something i've noticed a lot of the logo designers that most graphic designers admire basically had that one big opportunity and I think that was that for you so if I understand it right after you did that you've been doing logos for like uh loads of famous people now which sounds amazing do you do you mind talking about what happened after you um um released that and and what you're doing now in comparison yeah so after the the tank project it, it really like you like you said it gave me that global exposure so I had like a I remember one time I was in Vegas and I had a, I was already enjoying life because at that point I felt like oh I'm in Vegas I paid for my tickets I paid for my girlfriend's tickets and I'd done this off my own mm. back and then I had an email from a former Harlem Globetrotter and you know Harlem Globetrotters they're pretty they're pretty I big. don't know but I but I I can link to it <laughs> yeah 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 they're, they're do like carry a, on. Yeah, so I had like a an email from a former Harlem Globetrotter and he said he seen my my work on the Tank Davis logo and he really liked my approach. And just reading that email in Vegas, like on a rooftop with like sunshine coming down and you already feel like you've progressed and then you get something else on top of that. That was a, a nice feeling, man. It's, it's like it's just well, like yeah it's like you're on the top of the world <laughs> yeah that's that's how i felt man and then after yeah. that i i come back to cardiff and then i had like a one day my phone was ringing and it it said beverly hills it, it come up saying beverly hills unknown number and beverly hills i was like who the hell is calling me from beverly hills man i'm in <laughs> cardiff you know what i mean um <laughs> i took the call and it was a guy from la and he, again he said he discussed he said he seen the tank logo but he took a long time to find out who made it and he eventually found me and and he read all about me and he loved my process and he wanted to work with me and he become like one of my my biggest clients for like the rest of the year um and that was again 2017 um and then from that it led to somebody from Jay-Z's company Rock Nation they had also found me on Instagram and they like my approach and my understanding of the culture. Um, so yeah, they got, I, can I assume, can I assume that that came from that tank logo as well? Because as you, 
I mean, I, I might be wrong, but someone like that doesn't just stumble across you on Instagram. I mean, yeah. I, I might be wrong with that, but uh, I assume that they saw the tank logo, was looking to find out who it was, and then a name came to you in, in that way. Do you know at, at all? Or You know, I'm, I'm just kind of like fast-tracking through my stories, but my stories yeah, are sure. so... Are so each story <laughs> each each route has its own story you know what i mean so what yeah happened, yeah i mean it's crazy because yeah. th- this is only three years ago <laughs> yeah yeah man. A lot <laughs> you've done time. a lot in a short period of time so yeah d- sorry to, for interrupting do carry on yeah so the whole jay-z thing it actually come come from basically there was a photographer his name's jonathan mannion and he shot a lot of jay-z's album covers and his family is actually from Wales, which and they and they immigrated or emigrated to to Brooklyn, and he ended up shooting Jay Z when Jay Z was young, you know, when Jay Z was on the come up, and I had sent him like an email like in 2013, just saying that I like his photography, and a few years later in 27 2016 he was doing an exhibition in London. I went to visit him in London and he was so happy that I traveled all the way from Cardiff to London to visit him. Mm-hmm. And he gifted me like this big portrait of Jay-Z and he took a picture of me on his Instagram and just wrote like a little thank you. And then someone from Rock Nation, Jay-Z's company, seen that post with this photographer wow. and this <laughs> designer, clicked me clicked on me and then seen the rest of my work that I've already done. Oh yeah, done. I see, yeah. I see. I see. It's, I mean, it sounds like an unconnected thing. Like yeah. it's not so, I mean, I said about this domino effect that it came from that, but it sounds like you kind of sow the seeds quite early on yes. and uh, just being That's in the right point. place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, I'll give you a few more details, like the whole, um, the tank, the tank project, um, tank was on the undercard of Mayweather McGregor, which was like the biggest fight in boxing history in two thousand two thousand and seventeen. And mm. Tank was the co-main event, and he wore that he wore that logo, and that was obviously a massive exposure. But there was every celebrity in music and sport exec was in Vegas that whole week because this was the yeah. fight. So <laughs> I was in Vegas that week, and I attended some basketball game that I was invited to, and I ended up meeting like a lot of people from from Jay Z's company, Rock Nation. So that's when I I was able to talk to senior vice president actually of rock nation at the time and i started to like you said sow my seeds or just show my face and just let them know that hey i exist and i'm this designer and i don't tank logo but that was just at that point you know what i mean it's just creating yeah yeah it sounds like it sounds like you're really good at networking because I mean, <laughs> you've, yeah, you've taken man. this opportunity and, uh, you know, you didn't just go there and sit around and like oh. hang around in a <laughs> hotel room. You've been talking with people, networking, getting to know lots of different people. So, I, I mean, am I right that you're you're the type of person that pretty much is happy to go up to anyone and, and chat with them and tell them what you do and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> yeah, man, like... All of this is is something that I've refined over the years, you know, because I I take my girlfriend with me to most events and she always advises, she's like, she always advises me on what to do and like when to approach and when not to approach and when not to say too much. And she's my eyes, basically. She's my eyes. Right. And um, (laughs) this is another thing I learned so much by just, I used to be very um, 
not aggressive, but my approach was very like pitching myself like 100% at all times. But then I started to refine it and wait for the right timing and people are with their friends and people are like relaxing with their girlfriend. It's like, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all about timing and understanding social dynamics because Americans, they're very different in the way they conversate and the way they do things. It's not like the British people. And this is what makes me different as a designer too. So, so how would you how would you approach it differently? So, um, I mean, you said that like originally you would have kind of went in and started selling yourself. How how would you do it now? Because I've spoken to someone it was a while back now, about a year or two back, and um, she said treat networking like making friends. Yes. So, you know, just make them like you. Is is are you taking that same approach? Yeah, I don't really, I don't try too hard, you know. I never have this intention of like, oh, I'm going to sell myself. It's genuine yeah. for me. It's always like, you know, I've seen your work. I like it. I've been following you for X amount of years and I see what you do. It's, it's, it's like people understand when it's genuine and you appreciate them like for a genuine reason versus these yeah. guys, man, at this level, this celebrity level, this A-list level, they've been around everything, man. They've seen so yeah. many pitches, you know what I mean? So they can <laughs> they can see through you so quickly. But um, I think one thing that works for me personally is that I'm always with my girlfriend. So when they see that your partner is by your side, they can see that you're more committed because one of Floyd's, um, Floyd's business partners said to me, because I asked him before, like, why did you, you know, respond to me out of all people? And he goes, um, you're loyal and you're always with your girl. So for them, it's about like that, that loyalty and you're com- committed, like, like you put your money in. If you brought your girlfriend, you most likely paid for her as well. So you're invested into the situation. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of things these guys look at, man. It happens so quickly, but I learned this over time just by thinking about it in hindsight and being like, okay, what what worked for me in this situation and what didn't work for me you know let me tell you a crazy story man yeah, go for <laughs> i was it. in vegas i was in vegas one time and i seen that exec that works at jay-z's company rock nation i approached him and i was like hey brian what's up and he was like hey how you doing i was like yeah i follow you on instagram i like what you're doing blah 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 and he was like oh where are you from you know we conversated anyway he was like um he was kind of i can sense it he was kind of dismissive Anyway, one year later, I was at Rock Nation at the office, and I was, I was being, I was, I was being shown around the office, and I seen Brian in in one of the rooms, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> Brian!" So imagine yeah, this guy, this guy that dismissed me in Vegas like one year prior, and then the following year, I'm in his office like, "Oh, kind of like telling him you dismissed me, but I still managed yeah. to get into the office." You know what I mean? It's, it's hang on mad, did you tell him that <laughs> I, I didn't tell him but it, it's like everything changed you know he's like oh what are you doing who are you working with yeah. like he all of a sudden he's giving me his number like yeah how he how he perceived you was totally different yeah <laughs> yeah so things changed man and it's like i'm one of them guys like i've had no so many times and i don't really take it personally i'm just like you know in baseball they have like three strikes i'm just like that's just one strike man i got two more to go yeah so that's my sort of approach to the whole situation. But now I've built up like my portfolio and kind of like my image. 
it's it's kind of like a lot of people know of my my existence so it's really easy for me to just build upon that versus like just starting from scratch yeah yeah that, that that's why i mentioned about that compound effect so i think um uh I guess becoming successful is 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 a, a bit like a domino effect. Like you need that first thing, and then and then it starts knocking down these bigger things, mm. and then you know you get to a point where you are now. <laughs> yeah, man, it's um, <laughs> it's crazy. I just want to take a really short break to mention the Logo Designers box set, which is a set of six eBooks that I put together to help you through the logo design process. It's totally free to download and it covers the tools you need, uh, creating a logo design brief, advice for coming up with ideas, presenting logos, creating files for your clients, and finding your own clients too. So you can download that for free just by heading to boxset.logogeek.uk. Now that is in exchange for your email address to sign you up to my newsletter. So if you do want to be kept up to date with what's happening with the Logo Geek podcast and other things I'm doing around Logo Geek, do head to boxset.logogeek.uk to download that and sign up. So that is it. Let's get back to the interview. As I said at the beginning, so I, I know you from this BBC series. How did that come up? How, how like that's a massive opportunity again. Mm. So you know you've already had your your work shown all around the world, which is um, for a logo designer that that's like the best opportunity that you can get. But then you got this opportunity with the BBC, which is how I know about you. And and they they have a huge audience as well. So how did that all come about? You know, the thing about me, I know what works for me. I know I know what works. I know my story. I know my story. It's it's very unique, and a lot of people can relate to it. Also, being like Asian, being brown, being in the design world, it's like there's no brown people. Every event that I go to, I'm always the brown person. You know what I mean? So I knew. Uh, this I used it to my advantage like I would contact companies as well and be like listen you've got no brown people in your list of wherever you know and I would use it as like you need someone like me because I have a cultural understanding that you guys are lacking and with the BBC it was funny because they they found me so they had like a a guy that was in charge of um, finding ethnic minorities because they needed more brown people, basically. And um, they had this show and they wanted young brown people. And this this guy, he, he actually reached out to my friend and said to my friend, listen, do you want to be on this BBC show? I think what you're doing is really cool. And then my friend was like, um, listen, I'm not ready for this opportunity at the moment. Um, but my friend Ibi, I think he's in the perfect position to be on this show. <laughs> um, so actually, the ball was passed on to me, and that that that's amazing because and you were talking about the domino effect, but there's this other thing which is timing. You know, timing is everything. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like I plan, like I kind of market myself in a way where. Um, I don't have many podcasts, number one. I could have been on podcasts a few years ago, but I decided not to be on podcasts because 
I want to share my story at the right time with the right audience. So I'm very specific in my approach. Even the whole TV thing, I had opportunities to be on TV before this BBC thing, but I had this image like I, I'm not ready yet. You know what I mean? Um, I'm always this guy that I want to get things right. And if it takes me five years, six years, seven years, it don't matter if it takes me X amount of money, investment, I'm just going to wait. I'd rather wait to get it right. And um, when the BBC approached me, they they said, you know, they heard my story that um, we haven't even mentioned Starbucks, man. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's so much that we could speak about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've we've almost spoke for half an hour, and uh, I know there's a number of ways that we can go. So since you mentioned the the Starbucks, let's speak about that. But I do want to go back to uh, what you mentioned about ethnic minorities because you're at the time of recording this. It's not long after everything that's happening in the states and in the UK uh, with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, carry on with your Starbucks story, and we we'll go back to. Uh, that topic yeah so starbucks is like um i've been working in starbucks for almost 10 years man november's going to be my 10 years in starbucks i've been working there since college and it's funny Wait, because, are you still there now yeah i, I work there <laughs> are you, no way I, you're I, still I, doing I, it <laughs> i only work there two days a week um a 10 hour shift so it's five hours and five hours so why 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 <laughs> i mentioned it in the bbc show man i feel like as a designer it's important to be connected on the ground level to see what what's going on with just everyday people and again is is social skills knowing how people speak how people think how people do things i'm very aware when i'm working in starbucks i i look at everything and everybody and just the way starbucks as a brand works as well um, so I think like that all goes into my design work, you know, like I'm very psychological in, in my approach. Like, like I talk to elderly people, I speak to young people, I speak to different ethnicities, like all different types of people. So that means I'm able to better design because I know what they like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like when you're sitting behind a computer trying to design and watching a bunch of videos is never the same as being in, in physical contact with people. And that goes back to the whole, why my social skills are so good. You know what I mean? Everything mm, is like, mm. if you think about it, everything is connected. It all comes from somewhere. So that's the whole thing with, with Starbucks. And at this moment, Starbucks is very, um, they're very su- supportive of everything that I'm doing. And obviously them as a brand as well, they've got a massive platform as well, which I haven't timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's awesome that you're still doing that. Because I, I mean, that's uh, an important thing when you're designing a logo is understanding who you're trying to target, what attracts them. Uh-huh. I mean, learning about the, the world out there. That is probably one of the most important things that, that graphic designers can do. And uh it's cool to think that you're doing that. So do you do you reckon that you're always staying at Starbucks job? No, 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 no. Because I, you're I, doing well. <laughs> yeah, I wanted like um basically, man, I think of my life as like it's gonna be turned into a film type of thing. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of I kind of plan chapters in my life. So I felt <laughs> like ten years in Starbucks, that's gonna be in November. Ten years in Starbucks is a nice little number and 
it's a, it's a nice way of marketing myself as well. Oh, this guy worked in Starbucks for 10 years. Like, what does that say about me? That says I'm loyal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm really about loyalty and like, he's committed. Do you know what I mean? I'm a committed guy. Yeah. Um, so I kind of look at it from, from that perspective. Like I think after 10 years, I'll be, like I said, more marketable. So uh, again, I look at all these like, like headlines almost, you know what I mean? I, I do something similar. Um, um, although, I mean, it's not quite the same as what you're doing, but whenever I've had really bad times, you know, mm-hmm. really bad times in my life, I see it like this is a chapter in a book. And then in my head, I start like having the the music that that would go over the moment. And it literally just cheers me up <laughs> that I can yeah. just imagine that this is, you know, a bit in in the story yes. and, and within story, things always pick up. And yes. um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, it's a similar kind of thing. That's the way, man. You, you have to have that sort of outlook because... Um, how do I describe it, man? I'm more than just a graphic designer. I'm like, it's my whole lifestyle around me that sells. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. the more that people can relate to that lifestyle, the more valuable you become. And the whole, okay, this guy works in Starbucks, so he understands how it's like to have, you know, to wake up in the morning and like just just go to work. But he also hands are all celebrities so he's also in that world yeah you know what it makes you seem very grounded you know that you're very relatable and and real even though you're doing all this stuff yeah. that could be deemed as like working for the rich and famous and all this sort of yeah, stuff yeah i've had bro but let me tell you something so funny man i had one time i had a customer i was talking to and i was like um he was wearing some some boxing related t-shirts i was like oh you like boxing he was like yeah, yeah i love boxing i was like Oh, do you like Floyd Mayweather? He was like, yeah, I love Floyd, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I've worked with Floyd Mayweather. And he looked at me like, what the hell are you on about? <laughs> he looked at me like, he said to me, yeah, he goes, oh, if you worked with Floyd Mayweather, what are you still doing here then? And then I, I took it like, I took it like, okay, let me, I have to prove this guy wrong now, you know? So I just, boom, I pulled out my phone and I showed him a couple of pictures of me on Floyd. And his face was just like, <laughs> did I just meet this guy working in Starbucks? That, do, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's almost yeah, like yeah. a little <laughs> trump card that you got that you don't pull out. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, yeah, it's man. funny. It's funny. <laughs> now, I think it'd be good to go back. Right, okay. So um, at the time of recording this, for people listening, this is just literally at the time where in the States there is the Black Lives Movement. And on the podcast, I, I do try to avoid um, things that could be deemed as political or uh, racial or, you know, cause any upset for anyone. I try to keep it focused on logo design. But your uh, uh, the way that you look at it is interesting how you're seeing it as an opportunity for you that <laughs> can you talk more about that because i think this will be really interesting because this uh podcast there are a broad range of people that listen to it i, I looked at my uh spotify stats spotify have a lot more stats on podcasts than, than others and there's a broad range of ages locations and stuff like that so there will be people that would be listening to this that are of all backgrounds, all ethnicities and so on. And the whole, uh, uh, there's a lot of anger around the movement Mm. at the moment and that's why I wanted to avoid it. But you, um, 
you're seeing the positivity of it, which is really different to mm. anything else that I've I've heard from this. Can can you can you expand on what what you're saying? Because I know prior to speaking, uh, you did say that you had a lot to speak about on this. So I'd love to mm. dive into it with you. So for me, um, growing up in Wales, racism was was normal. You know, as as a kid, I just thought it was normal. You know, people coming up to me and saying, "Oh, you're brown," and like, do you know what I mean? I thought it was normal. You know, as a kid, and then as I started to get older, I I didn't really let my my color affect my my movement in life. Like I I kind of just had this mindset of like wherever I want, I can get. I didn't know that my color was actually slowing it down for me or preventing me from getting into certain situations um and then being being in the design world as well i think a lot of these a a lot of these places that i go to um outside of like the the music and sports i go to a lot of design events and they're always filled with white people man and i look around and i always think to myself like where are all the brown people like where are they man and um, I think as well for a lot of white people, they don't pay attention that they're the majority in these situations. And I'm going to use an amazing example, man. Um, during the 60s, yeah, 1960s, study, like for me, I, I've been reading so much about furniture recently because that's been my, my kind of like my vibe. So I made this connection. Like during the 1960s, black people were fighting for like the civil rights whilst, you know, the Eames? Ray and Charles. Eames. I don't, but no, no, but carry on. <laughs> okay, they're like they're like uh, they're like iconic like furniture designers, mid-century design, and in right. America, like the Eames, they're like a white couple. They were making like iconic pieces of furniture, whilst black people were fighting for their <laughs> for their rights. So in my mind, I was like, this is crazy. Black people were fighting for survival, while white people were just creating art. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 not even wrong. It's that it's the art. That's why the art world is like so filled with white people. They've been doing it for a long time. Do you, do you get me? Black yeah. people were just trying yeah, to find yeah. their find their feet. So in terms of like design in the design world, just being filled with, with white people, it, it makes sense. You know, it's it's from back in the day. It's, it's, I mean. Um, because you, um, because you're paying attention to it, is is that the same everywhere that you go on? Because uh, I, um, I lived for a long time in Reading, uh-huh. just outside of London, and that was a very multicultural place. I've since moved up north, uh-huh. uh, just outside of Manchester. It's very different here. Yeah. Um, uh, is is that has that been the same everywhere that you've gone, or has it just been in Cardiff? No, no. As in, uh, when I'm saying about the design events, that's like most design events that I go to are filled with yeah. white people. But in terms of where I live in Car- in Cardiff, yeah, Cardiff is um is very segregated. And this is one thing that I learned as well because I've been around so many different types of people and different worlds. I think that's the most important being in different worlds. Yeah. yeah. Um I've you know I, I grew up in like a I grew up in like a, a white like area and then my dad had a, a bookstore in like the Asian area so it's like I was split between all these different worlds and then growing up and going to America and seeing that going to New York and just seeing like most of the people that work in Starbucks are black but then when I come to Starbucks in Cardiff everybody's white so I'm seeing all these like different things going on and I started to to realize that it's an advantage for me because 
a lot of these companies that, that have a lot of white people, I, I just come in with this approach of like, listen, you guys need brown people and this is why you need someone like me because I understand a whole different audience that do listen to, you know, do do buy your product and are interested in you, but you don't connect with them because you don't have anybody that could um that can communicate with them. So then a lot of companies would, would like contact me, they would hit me back up. I would use it as my advantage. But then again, I was thinking about why am I like this compared to everybody else? Because after the whole BBC thing, I have a lot of young brown kids, young brown kids, black kids, they come up to me or they message me and then they say to me, oh, because of you, I'm going to do graphic design or your story inspired me. And again, I realized, yeah, relatability when you're like i all the designers everybody that i look up to they're all like white like in terms of the design world and then all the athletes and musicians are black so it's like there's a there's a real divide man and when you're like a brown designer you have all these young kids that now they want to be a designer because they see someone who looks like them designing do you know what I mean? It's it's like Oh yeah, I do. I do. I mean it's 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 different for me because I am mm-hmm. uh white, so I, I I'm not paying attention to it in the way that you are. And um it's it's why I want to be uh sensitive on this subject because I agree with you. I mean, you know, look back 50 years ago, every single designer is white and there there aren't so many role models, but what do you think? Do you think that is the solution that there just needs to be? If there's more role models in that particular industry, yeah. then it supports that. Absolutely, man. Like one of the um, one of my biggest role models in design is this guy called Jeff Staple. He's a designer from New York, and he's Chinese. And his story, I remember when I listened to one of his interviews um back in the days man and he was saying like he's chinese and how he grew up in like these white environments and he loves hip-hop and he loves all these urban things and going into that design i, c- I could just relate to him you, you, you know what i mean like mm. I, I was like mm. him as well racism was normal for me but we just love design so much you know what i mean and that world is like so far away from us and when we start getting into it it's it's it becomes interesting and um again that whole relatability you know like people being able to relate um me being brown like all these kids it's like you feel a responsibility man you feel like you know what if you see these kids faces yeah and they really like they're really inspired man so then i'm like okay what else can i do to inspire them because a lot of kids yeah they feel like because of their color they can't do certain things like i like I'm, a lot of the people that I grew up with, brown kids, they feel like they can't do this because they're brown. And I'm like, well, mm. I never, because I never viewed it like that. I thought I can do anything. But these guys, they've got like the other end of the stick where it really beats them up and puts them away. Because there was a lot of great artists that I went to school with. Any of them could have been like me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they felt like that's just not their territory. So now it's like, it's, I think it's that time now, man, where it's that conversation and that whole people are aware of it now and um, yeah. the platform is yeah. there now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's got me thinking um, a, a lot more. I mean, I, I look back through my my podcast, and um, um, I mean, it's it's not why I got in touch with you. I mean, for all yeah. listeners, I, I got in touch with you a few months pr- uh, yeah. prior to this. Um, but yeah, I, I I just noticed looking through. It's like Jesus, you know, most of the people on my list are white, yeah. and it's it, and you didn't even know <laughs> I, it, did I tried, you? No, I did. I yeah. didn't notice. I, I didn't realize because That's I, I tried I mean. to make it a mix of of male and yeah. and female. Um, and yeah, I I I didn't notice. I mean, I've had Asian people. I have mm. had black people on, but the it's primarily uh, white people, and and I didn't notice. So in terms of what I do, I know I can help with that in terms of. Uh, using this platform that I built to give a voice um, yeah. to people. I think, you know what you said, so inspiring. <laughs> I think you're going to inspire a lot of people. And I'm so glad that we spoke about this. I, I did want to kind of mm-hmm. avoid it because I, I, I didn't know where it would go or what we end up talking about. But it's it's been um, really inspiring. And I know that I can help with that as well. And um it sounds like it's something that you really want to make a difference with. And it's, it's really nice to hear that someone is, um, I, I don't, I mean, it shouldn't be the way mm-hmm. it is, but to, to see it as an opportunity is a really nice way to look at it. Like you're looking at the positives of it and doing what you can. And the thing is, I've, I've always, I've always had this approach. I always took it, used it to my advantage like I'm like there's no brown people in this field that means I can take over I've always had yeah. this sort of like <laughs> like yeah it's mad man I have that approach while other people are like there's no brown people I can't enter I have the opposite yeah. approach do you know what I mean and it's it's just all in the mind you know what I mean um well yeah yeah <laughs> definitely so yeah it's um that's why with this whole studio and that like in Wales, like all when I'm in university, like all of the all of the design studios are just run by the same looking guy. And for me, I was like, what the hell, man? All of these founders, they all look the same and they come into our universities and giving talks. And I'm just like, for me, I looked at it as like a stale. It's stale, you know what I mean? Like I was looking yeah. up to these designers in New York and there was a lot of mixed designers and i was like whoa these guys are so cool and then we've got these founders in wales and they're just like they just like to they're all the same man they all like the same beers and rugby and like they're all they're all the same and i'm like design is about being different <laughs> isn't it design is about oh yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i I I mean obviously I'm a white male so it's it's hard to say but in terms of my background I grew up on a council estate my my parents were retired I never had that role model as a, a parent and it's only been uh kind of through the internet that I found people that I can learn from and and see what they're doing and I think role models are so important um it's obviously been easier for me to find people that are relatable and and people that I can learn from and, and adapt from but I think with what you're doing and and the way that you look about thing uh, about things I think that's quite unique and I think you can be a very good role model for so many people. 
And I, I don't know if you thought about doing anything more to kind of make yourself, I don't know what the right word is, uh, like an, more of an influencer, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like someone that, that really gets out there, like the, you know how we got like Christo, mm-hmm. I mean, Christo's Asian, um, um, yeah. um, but, you know, go really going out there and really pushing it and, and really trying to be um, more uh, public facing so that you can get those uh, uh, people that would uh, that 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 you can inspire and and so on. I think you've. I, I love your mindset and how you're thinking about this. Um, it's it's a very complex, very difficult thing yes. to uh, speak about, and and I just think it's really nice that you're the, the way that you're looking at it is just so nice to hear. For me, you know, it's uh, I know that I can help, um, mm. but you know, it needs to come from. It needs to come from you. You're the one that needs to be the role model, and you and you know anyone listening to this that that are um, in in the same boat, you know, become that role model. Become use the use the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Uh, (laughs) That's where it is, man. Like you learn when you when you're in different worlds and around different people, you get the best of everything, and you're able to put it all together and communicate it to the world. And that's like an ability that you have to you have to learn it through experience. You know what I mean? Like I've been to mm. like you know restaurants and um, like events, like I mentioned. Like and it's just all white people. But I've I've always felt like okay, let me see what these guys are about versus like oh I'm an outsider. I shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm all I'm always learning in, in that sense. And even going to America, like I'm I'm most of my success come from African-Americans, you know? So when all this stuff is going on, I'm I'm really in the heart of it. Like, I know how they are, you know? I've been there. I've seen it in person firsthand. So it's it's like, it's, it's very strange for me, you know, with everything going on. It's like, that, that's who I looked up to, the African-Americans when I was young, because that's who I could relate to, you know? So yeah, I think you're you're right about the whole um, role model thing, and I, I I'll probably will become that guy, but I'm not forcing the issue too much. No, but, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think you need to uh, uh, force. I think you become it. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's just a natural progression, and you become that person that people look up to. Uh, I mean, just this conversation now, I'm sure you're inspiring. Mm a lot of people I mean I I feel quite inspired by it. it's like I said it's I'm uh, I mean being in the UK uh I'm sure you, you've seen it as well looking on social media on the news there's so much anger and so much negativity <laughs> and yeah. it's just nice to hear how you're seeing it it's, it's really awesome now I know I know we don't have that much t- time left but I want to use the rest of the time to dive into your process because watching that BBC series, and I'll link to it in the show notes, you do this, I think you approach it differently. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain what, I, what I've seen and you can expand on it. So if I understand it right, uh, first of all, you're meeting people in person. So you're traveling, which mm-hmm. is amazing. I mean, I, I don't do that myself. I do everything via email mm-hmm. um you're presenting sketches first of all which again I, I don't present sketches personally 
And then after you kind of agree the direction by sketches, you then do a really fancy presentation in person again, which you treat almost like a show. And you even go as far as bringing along things to show, you know, products and so on. Can you, so can you, um, I mean, if you're okay to go over the hour, we, we will, because yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of time. So yeah, do you want to dive into your process? Yeah, so the the process is like um, I start off with like a you know brand questionnaire. I get all the details from from the client, and after I get the details, I'll have like a little chat with them, just catch catch a vibe. Every every client is different. Like when it comes to like celebrity clients, they they they're not filling in no questionnaires, none of that. You know, you have to tr- kind of fill in the questionnaire yourself just by talking to them or watching interviews with them. So after I get the information, I'll start to come up with the ideas. So all the sketches. Sketches is important, man, because you have to um, communicate your vision and the story and the process. Yeah. A lot of people, they need to see it, how you got to that end result. You can't just hit them with the end results. You know what I mean? It's a bit, they don't know what happened before that. That's how you create value as well. Um, so, okay, i got the sketches. Um, and then I'll go meet the clients. I'll show them a couple of the ideas that I've come up with and which direction we should go in. They pick like... Can I, can I just interrupt you? So so in terms of meeting the client, just to be clear, sometimes when you say meet the client, you mean like fly over to LA. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's not normal. <laughs> For me, so, yeah. How, so what... Okay. Okay. So, are you are you charging so high that uh, you could just do that? No, I use I How? invest I invest a lot of my own money, man. A lot of the times, I invest my own money because um, I look at it as like you know in those films when they hire like a, an assassin or a hitman, and then he turns up with all like the best equipment and he just does the job, and you know what I mean. I look at my approach kind of kind of like that. I'm offering like a personal service. And I want to show yeah. people that I'm I'm invested in them, just like they invested yeah, in me. Yeah, so, but I mean that like like a flight and and taking out like a flight takes a few days first of all, so you're losing a lot of time and and you're going there as well. Are you are you charge no, charging for that? Are you? I don't charge. For so the, are you losing like, money? Are you losing money on projects? I don't. I don't. Just out of curiosity. I, I don't think I lose money because sometimes. Yeah. Um, I get a lot more when I, it's funny, all of my trips, I get a lot more than I went in with. So I would use like, say for example, yeah, a a flight to LA or something costs like 500 return. I would probably come back with like four or five grand, like worth of work. Right. And it always happens (laughs) because yeah, it's, it's crazy. And once you realize this works, you do it more and more. It becomes like. Like literally, I would just book a trip to New York like next month. If obviously not at this time, mm. but mm. if I feel like yo, you know what, I want to get some work, I'll just book a flight to New York and just pick up work. I would just pick, I would just find myself in a situation where I just happen to get some work. It's crazy. That <laughs> America's crazy, man. Like you end up in some mad situations, and you're just like, because everybody knows someone that needs work and when they attach like your name to like Jay-Z or to Floyd Mayweather, it's like confirmed you're getting the job. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so when you go over, are you meeting people that you already know, or are you getting those opportunities through just, I don't know, mingling? You know, networking yeah. with people. Yeah. So, so, some some of the opportunities <laughs> I get from like mingling. So I'll be in a cafe or something, or I'll be in a just tube station, and I'll meet somebody and I'll just talk to them. Yeah. It, yeah. So like, you, I mean. For, Sorry, to interrupt. So for you, it's a little bit like a lifestyle. It's it's, yes. it's almost like a lifestyle thing. Yeah, cool. It's it's, it's, it's all it's inspiring. Lifestyle. It's lifestyle, man. Like I don't I don't really think too much about it, and I never look at anything in my life as a loss. It's always a lesson. So I'm never like yeah. I'm losing. I don't even use that word lose. Like I don't even. Mm. It's not even in my vocabulary. So every time I go somewhere, I'm always like I have to win. That's it. That's my mindset. Mm. And like I said about the social skills in America, it's so different. You can compliment someone on their shoes, and then you end up doing work together. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, man. It's so different. Like down here, it's like <laughs> you throw a ball at the wall, and the ball just hits the floor. But up there, it's like it comes. It gives you a little bit of, you know, it responds to you. So, and That's like awesome. I said, it's awesome. <laughs> you all you only know when you're doing it. Without experience, you'll just be like you'll just see America and see all everything through a screen and kind of like assume it's like this but really when you're there <laughs> it's not like that yeah, so yeah, yeah. so do you want to carry on with your process so you meet the person in person that involves flying over to LA or wherever it is and a meeting with them in person you spoke about these sketches so what 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 happens after you've presented these sketches? Because I I mean I I'm gonna link to that video because that that video shows it really nicely yeah. how you're talking with the client. You're um I mean it looks like you're literally showing everything that you've done and you're talking through your thought process how you got to certain things and uh, you're kind of showing uh, rough versions of what they could have and then if I understand it right you kind of agree a couple of directions from that. Yeah, and then you you come away, and then you you vectorize it, put it all together, and everything. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. Like it's it's good to get the client involved, you know, and let them show them like that. Your show show them your mindset, the way you think, and the, what they're paying for. You know, that's what makes you different is your perspective, your approach. And when you show the sketches, that's what they can see. They can see how you mm. think. And they learn more about you as well. So it becomes like more of like a memorable experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what, that's what happened with the golfer. You know, they, they used this, um, they said this comment where, you know, um, Ibi met me for, for like a few hours and he made me a design like he's known me for 10 years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it that beef, the beef yeah. one. Yeah. And that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. Because <laughs> to say a statement like that, if I show them just like a final, um, the, just the final design, I don't think they'll say that. You know what I mean? It's because I showed them the process and how I broke down his characteristics, how he is as a person. Like they were like, oh, okay, this guy, he's a he's a thinker. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah th that was that. And then the whole final presentation, it's like I really like again the BBC show. It, it shows you clearly how how I think. I really consider what the emotions that the client is going through and what they could be feeling at this point when they see this slide. And it's about, it's about making the vision become reality. And that's what I do. It's like, I make something desirable. Like I showed them the hoodies, I showed them the caps 
that becomes desirable. They want it. It's just like an advertisement, you know, when you're walking down the street, you see a pair of shoes on a billboard, you want them. But then what if they're there right in front of you and they're gifted to you right there? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, I, I love that. I love that. I mean, I've, I've read that type of thing in books. I've seen agencies do that. I don't mm. think I've ever seen um, a relatively young graphic designer go in and, and, um, I mean, first of all, presenting in person in the way that you are, I think that's that's a, a, a big uh, thing. Um, I, I do a lot of stuff online, you know, by email, by Zoom or whatever. And I know a lot of other graphic designers that do that. But you go there in person, you present this uh, story and then, you know, coming in with the actual thing that, you know, that that is just mm. I, I love that. I, I love that you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's really, you know, next level to to actually go in and and get, you know, to go out, get these things made up and to actually show them to the client. It it literally um you can't really say no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just you get total one hundred percent buy in and it's it's beyond just agreeing it and then like, oh okay, what next? They're living it and feeling yes. it and everything. It's uh it's really cool that you do that. <laughs> and it's crazy because that whole, um, the golfer situation, like imagine that was all filmed by the BBC live. So I had like cameras, yeah. spotlights, all this <laughs> on me. At the same time, I'm doing a live presentation. That was, there was no rehearsals, none of that. Off the bat, man. So for me, it was like, like I said, timing. I felt I was ready for that moment because like, like I've been around the celebrities, I've seen cameras chasing them, I've seen paparazzi chasing them, I've seen fans chasing them, I've been in situations and I've seen how they deal with it and I felt like, okay, I'm ready now for the cameras and spotlights to be on me and to still perform at, at that level. So that's yeah, what you yeah. see. I mean, so, some, something I want to add, uh, add as well, I noticed that you was very yourself, you know, you wasn't trying to pretend some to be someone else <laughs> you, you know you went in with a like a white t-shirt and and yeah uh, jeans you know yeah. you 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 wore what you would normally as you know a lot of people would probably go in and like get all dressed up <laughs> I think nah. it made you a lot more relatable and you get a lot more trust from from the person as well doing yeah. that which is it was nice to watch because I I've only ever seen this type of thing from agencies <laughs> And it was cool to see how you did it. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, obviously, your identity is important, man. And I made sure that um, when it comes to the plain T-shirt, um, that was important because I just wanted the work to speak for itself. I didn't want... I, that's mm. why I don't wear logos on, that, on my clothing because I don't want people to look at certain brands and, and connect me to them. You know what I mean? I like to wear yeah, a lot yeah. of plain stuff. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was thinking you, <laughs> I was thinking that you probably specifically picked that. You know, it wasn't uh, just a random. Yeah. Trust me, every everything is 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 um um curated or everything is like conscious. You know, everything is intentional, like down to my clothes, down to everything, every detail, man. I know how important it is. That's why I know that every detail matters. So and it's really funny, it's, it's funny you picked up on that. I remember when I done a talk in my in my school, I, I wore a, a t-shirt and jeans as well because I remember as a kid, when you're there and you see a guy wearing a suit or a shirt, you just can't connect with them. 
you know, um, yeah, as a, as a you youngster. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew that it was my responsibility to just be myself and be relatable, you know, and that's exactly, yeah. you know, you've seen it. I've seen it as well. So it's like nice. No, no I did. I, I mean, there, there's a lot that you're doing that makes you, I don't know the way to describe it, but you seem like a very ordinary um, yeah. young graphic designer, but then um, there's this side of what you're doing that's like you're, you're jet setting, you're hanging out with rich and famous and all this sort of stuff, but you seem very grounded and I I love your the way that you think and the way that you look at everything and I think I think what you're doing is so inspiring and uh, I I I really can imagine that this episode will probably hit home with a lot of people and uh, mm. people will get a lot out of it. But yeah, we've been speaking about just over an hour now. Um, we could carry on for ages. There's so much more that we could speak about, but now is probably the best point to wrap it up. And I think mm. what I'll do is in. Uh, maybe a year or two's time we'll touch base again and we'll do a follow-up episode i think it'd be awesome to do yeah i think um we covered a lot man definitely and i think a lot of people can do their own research as well and find out more information there's a lot going on people can reach out to me people can like i said do their research <laughs> there's a lot of gems yeah. man. a lot of things going on so <laughs> yeah definitely do more podcasts i can connect you with people as well if you want um if you want any like doors open for you i'm, I'm happy to do that cool but yeah thanks so much for coming on maybe it's been amazing it's been a really good um uh, chat so thanks so much for your time likewise man thank you for having me Ibi's story is incredibly inspiring and there was a lot of topics that we brought up that I hope uh, left you thinking. So I do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, let myself and Ibi know by giving us a shout out on social media. I'd absolutely love that. And I know that Ibi would appreciate that too. If you want to learn more about Ibi, head to his website, ibitarafter.com. Alternatively, do check out the show notes. And in there, I'll include that video that I mentioned, the BBC documentary that Ibi was part of, uh, so that you can check that out. I'll also in- include any links to resources uh, or anything else we mentioned in the podcast, as well as a transcription. So to find the show notes for this episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 87 again that's logogeek.uk forward slash 87 also don't forget to check out michael jander's training course for freelancers so if you are currently a freelancer or if you are currently working for a design agency and you want to start freelancing on the side and go full time or if you're a student and you want to work as a freelancer definitely check out michael jander's training course i'm working through it myself at the moment and it is superb it's probably the the best training course that i i've actually worked through it's it's very well taught lots of information in there and incredibly good value for money so do go and check that out and and you can find out by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash freelance and that is an affiliate link like i mentioned so by going through that link you will be helping to support the logo geek podcast at no extra cost to you like i said i'm working through this myself at the moment it's incredible and michael jander i honestly believe he's one of the best 
or the best design educator out there at the moment. So do go and take all of his advice. Uh, you'll succeed if you follow exactly what he's saying. Uh, he really knows what he's talking about. So that is it for this week, but I shall see you the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast. <laughs>